1-800-926-9958. And Studio B is 716-748-0112. Thank you very much for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station in the world. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And now, here is your host, the lovely, delightful, insightful, and all-around great gal, Ms. Barbara DeLong. Ken Quiet Hawk for that unique introduction. His voice never ceases to amaze me. Tonight we have an amazing guest on the show. We have Solaris Blue Raven with us, and she is I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna read you all of this stuff because she's an amazing lady and she doesn't brag about herself enough. She's a published author, public speaker, timeline astrologer, MT healer, remote viewer, clairvoyant, and an assessment specialist in psychotronic warfare, synthetic telepathy, and covert technology. She's a public speaker and offers workshops on ascension, DNA activation, and spirituality. She offers classes on energetic healing and is a certified master teacher in an array of healing systems. And as well, with nothing better else to do with her time, she has a black belt. She's a black belt instructor, certified black belt instructor. She's a world-class natural psychic and cosmic advisor and has been a test pilot for covert technology, drawing from a professional background in surveillance. 
She investigates global anomalies in addition to her current research. She's a professional writer with several books on covert technology and psychotronic warfare. And you can purchase her books on Amazon.com or Author House Books. Her radio show, Raven's Witching Hour, is on Saturdays at 12 midnight on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. And if you need any further information on her, her website is www.nightshadowanomalydetectives.com. You can contact her there on any of her many, many unique qualities. Uh, I think that that one of the the most the most impressive and less publicized of her her attributes is her is her ability to write, and she's written a number of books. I've read most of them. Her latest one is called One Million Miles to Midnight, and and it's a very interesting book and and you have to read it two or three times to really totally understand it but my favorite of all of her books and they're all great is transmutation through ascension i have blatantly used this book in many workshops i have um, given it as gifts i have uh, done everything i can do to get people to read it because it is Probably, if you're only going to read one book on spirituality and ascension, this is the book. And trust me, I've been around for over 50 years. I've read probably thousands and thousands of books. And this is by far the best one that helps you to understand where we're going and how to get there. So welcome to the show, Solaris. Thank you, Barbara. What a lovely introduction, I must say. And I'm so honored about the transmutation through Ascension. Thank you for those kind words. It means, like I said, it means the world to me. Really, from you, that uh, that means everything. Thank you. Well, it's, you know, even though what I love about it is it is an easy read. And you have to go back a, a few times to really get the real depth from it but but a beginner can read it and get a great deal and then someone who has been in the field for a gazillion years can read it and get further advice and it and and help to open up those other doors that are inside of ourselves you did a magnificent job on it and and i really think that that just putting this out there was one hell of a gift to humanity and uh not enough people know about it. I, I don't know how else to publicize it other than setting up a stand on the side of the road, which I'm not about to do. <laughs> You're so sweet. I want to thank you for that. And, and that's the book that put me on the radar, by the way. So it's very, uh, very interesting that that book went live, <clears throat> excuse me, in April of 2004. And then I was pulled into that covert program. So very, very interesting. But yeah. Well, well you know, I think that, that what's happening today, and I wanted to kind of bounce this off of you, is that, you know, we used to, you know, do meditations and we used to, you know, go into ourselves and look for our spirit guides and look for our teachers and everything. And that used to be the spiritual pathway. And the spiritual pathway has taken one heck of a wild turn and and where people thought they were okay, I'm in a good place. I know I'm here where I'm supposed to be. And now I can just sit and meditate on my belly button. And and everybody who, who got to that point is now suddenly trying to catch up to the new paradigms that are coming um, onto the radar of all of us. And it is so exciting. And, and I don't think many people understand that, first of all, we're never done learning. Mm-hmm. 
And and second of all, that that you get to a place where you you have a handle on your spirituality, and that's when you have to take it cosmically. Mm-hmm. I so agree. That's well said. Yeah, it seems to me like uh, well, there's so many multi layers to our consciousness and psyche to begin with. But what I've noticed is that once we start reaching that avatar consciousness. For my own personal, excuse me, my own personal experience, I had people or what I would call adversaries that would show up to challenge my frequency or to challenge my state of consciousness. And that ter- took on the form of what I would say is the, the covert technologies. I can't say that for, for everybody here on the timeline, but I will say that there is a lot of um, strange anomalous activities and energies that are emanating and overlaying and almost hijacking the ascension waves that are connecting in, which makes it kind of turbulent. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think everybody here, um, if you just keep your cosmic design and your, and your multidimensional compass set for the full light universe, I think you'll be fine. But yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, I'm just glad I did the spiritual work when I did back in the day, um, because even now I can, I, at least I have a benchmark that's really solid. It's like a black belt. It's like a black belt in cosmic consciousness. And uh-huh. that way we can sit there and we have another layer, but then we can progress on. But some people, you know, they're doing the work, but I, I see that this is such a strange, distorted world that it might be a little bit odd for them to experience what we used to be able to experience back in the day also. Well, it's certainly not as safe as it used to be, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. but what I'm finding is there are people coming out of the woodwork saying, I have the way, follow me. And um, and I, I cringe when I see people like that. I mean, you give people um, step-by-steps, but they have to do it themselves. And that's how you're supposed to do this. You're not supposed to sit in a class and follow a teacher and, and listen to their words and live by them. That's not, that's not what, what is, it's, it's not the way because everybody's way is unique. Everybody's level of consciousness is, is slightly different, slightly more unique, and everybody's here for a different reason. So one one person, I, I, unless, of course, you've got somebody that is teaching you love everyone and everything will work. I mean, if, if you take or, you know, teach the golden rule, that's fine. But I, I just I see so many groups now forming and I keep thinking this isn't a good idea. And uh, yeah, well, it's like the guru syndrome, you know, it's just uh, we don't need somebody to attach onto and live precariously through. What we do need to do is self-empower, um, which is really dealing with our inner shadow self and ascending out of our dark side into this multidimensional design that I talk about. But I think you're right. I think there are a lot of strange, um, I would say almost entity-controlled people out there right now who are channeling and bringing in and thinking they have all the answers. And I believe that they're not listening through the divine energies of the cosmos. But that's just my own perception. No, I totally agree. And, and that's another thing that a lot of us channel, but but not to get people to follow us, to give people understanding or philosophy to apply to their own lives. And and that's where I think so many people, you know, who say I channeled this instruction and to me, and, and it's, it's only my own personal interpretation. Everybody is different. But, but for me, if, if I look at something that I've channeled and it is a philosophy, I'm comfortable with the fact that it's channeled. But if it's directional, if it's instructional, I, I back away thinking this is my ego having fun with me because, right. you, know, it, you. you know, that's that's my benchmark, but doesn't necessarily mean it has to be for everybody. Well, I think but, you're right because you want to make sure that you're, um, you know, I, I don't think it's good to follow other people's work in a sense that you want to create your own signature and your own frequency and also listen to what I call the higher self over so superconscious. And I think a lot of the time people have their ego 
like you were talking about, and some of these people who are there as quote unquote teachers will put their ego into it and have it this way and expect everybody to follow the collective of that psyche. Now that's another thing too, because you have everybody pulled into the psyche uh -huh. or the collective of that person. And that makes it almost like a cult mentality to some degree. So you have to be careful of that as well. I think my other, my other benchmark for is someone authentic or not is, you know, are they out for the almighty dollar or are they out to serve humanity? If, if their push is, you know, making a certain amount of money or living on this field, I shy away from them. And yeah, I, you I know, can tell you, Blake, I've never made a ton of money in this field at all. <laughs> Neither have I. You know, I, had a, I had a career as a surveyor, you know, a map maker and uh, some other things that I was doing. So, yeah, everything I did with this was more on the side. It's really interesting. Well, don't you think you're still surveying just in a different way? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I, my partner, my husband at the time, you know, he's not with me anymore. But, but yeah, no, I agree with you. It's a different kind of cosmic surveying now. And it's fascinating. I'm, I'm finding, um, and I started out as a school teacher, but feel like I'm teaching in a different way now. And I only teach by how I learn. So that, so that, you know, I, I have the joy of talking to people like you on the radio and, and learning from you and really, you know, sucking you dry. And it's, it's, it's fascinating because you, you have been around for so long, you've experienced so much, and you have a gentle approach to the spiritual that is just profoundly beautiful. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I sometimes wonder after all the hardcore um, programs I've been through, how soft it is these days, but I do appreciate that. And um, that's one thing that always kept me strong and fortified through all the years has been my spiritual path and my state of consciousness and also my information that's based on doing the work. You know, you, I know you can relate to this. You just go into your own cellular design and uh -huh. you're what we call what Akashic and you understand who you are as a multidimensional being. And that's what carries us on into other dimensional states of consciousness, but also helps us navigate here on this world, which is and the only word that comes to mind is turbulence because to me, it feels like we are riding in an airplane and that everything is just bouncing us all over the place here. I don't know how, how you feel, but to me, that's the way it feels here. No, I totally agree with you. Um, and, and it's just, you know, every now and then I sit and I think, okay, come on now, settle in. And, you know, you're on a, you're on a journey. And I know that the, 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 the challenges I, I will draw to myself because I signed up for them. I understand that. And, and I embrace them as best I can, and I complain as little, but I do complain. And it, it's sort of like, I, I understand there's a purpose for everything, but sometimes I look at some of the things that are happening in the world, and I kind of want to just say to somebody, really, you thought this was going to teach us something? You know, yeah. it, it Well, just... you're a teacher's teacher, you know, and I've told you that before, that you are a teacher's teacher. I think I've also called you a grail keeper, because you are one of those. You carry the holy grail of consciousness within you. And I, I still see you. I still see a lot of people around you insofar as you teaching large groups of people at some point in the continuum. I don't know how that's going to formulate. Maybe it's through your radio show. You're already doing it. Well, yeah. I Well, every now and then I sit back and I come to a time when I'm, I'm just saying, okay, I've done all of these things. Now, if I've been there and done that, I don't want to do it again. And right. and so I think one of the things that, that I've, I've, I've been looking at is doing a, a teaching night once or twice a month on blog talk and just teaching the foundational stuff, teaching um, whether it is understanding the Akashic records or, or, um, or looking into 
um, some of the cosmic things that are happening or or helping people to understand how they are the person they have to look to to solve their problems because they asked for them. So there had to be a reason. And and kind of, tr- I'm, I don't want to pull anybody away from anything, but I want to give them another thing to think about. And, you know, you know, well, if I you just... Know. Oh, go ahead. No, if I just make people question things, I will have done my job. Right. Yeah. And you do that. You also activate their DNA just through your own osmosis effect, too. But what I notice is that when we're gone, we're gone. And that the, the data stream of information is going to be very hard to find after beings like us are off planet. Because I st- even though we have books and we have this and that, I think that a lot of people here who don't have those benchmarks that we have are going to find themselves lost in this maelstrom if they don't really understand the cosmic design. And you kind of alluded to that earlier on that, you know, you really have to do the spiritual work. And I, I think that, yeah, things are progressing very quickly here and you can Google anything, but that doesn't mean you have all the answers just because you can Google it, as you well know. It means yes. that you have to go in and write the, and get the, you know, get the fine-tuned information, but get the resources you need. And whether that's through a library or through books like ours or whatever, um, you know, you really have to do the work. And I, I think people are into the instant gratification a little too much these days. And then the mass initiations that happen with, quote, unquote, you know, systems like Reiki and all that. Yeah, um, I never heard of such a thing when I was being initiated or I taught my students. I never, ever did anything like that. So, no, that is pretty spectacular. It I, is. I, I mean, you have groups and groups of people, like big hordes of people that are doing mass initiations. So. Yeah, that I, I don't I don't. Yeah, I it has to be a one on one or you don't for me. It has to be a one on one or I don't I don't feel like I've gotten something or given something. I totally um, agree. Yeah, but but it's 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 really been um, fascinating this summer, uh, and, and it's kind of like I, I pulled out of a lot of stuff. I I kind of sat down and I said, okay, whatever comes to me is what I'll do, and you know what what has been most fascinating to me is the the extraordinary people that that I've been able to pull onto the show and learn from and talk to, and I think. Aside from you, one of my most favorite so far w- was Dr. Sam. Oh, yeah. He's wonderful. And yes. he, so thank you. I, it, it was funny, though. I, I listened to your show with him, and I thought, I know she really wants to say something, but he interviews himself. He asks the yeah, question, and then he answers it. Makes it so easy. So you just let him roll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, you can do dishes, take a bath, do your laundry. And, and just go, uh-huh, every now and then, and you've got it made. But he's a spectacular man. He's just, he's, he's full of light and joy. And, and I, you know, I would say that going to the Bosnian pyramids would be um, something that I, I would almost put on a bucket list because they sound so phenomenal. I would love to go. And I, I mean, I'm really anxious to get out there and see that and feel the energy. Also, I feel like I could heal there on whatever needs to heal would be healed simultaneously. I really believe that. So yeah, I feel the same way. And I want to thank you for, for uh, turning me on to him because I didn't know about him and I contacted him through you, you know, so Uh thank you. And of course he's going to be on my hyperspace show too, which I'm excited about. Oh yeah. Now he's, he's an amazing man. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, and you know, I have no problem with sharing any of my guests, you know, guests with anybody because it's this is this is such a great platform to help to give people the mm. chance to talk to millions of people. And, and right. it's it's an exciting place to be. And yeah. if we if we don't share, then, you know, there I have um, next week I have Frank Joseph on. Nice. And uh, he's he's 
He's been an idol of mine. The books that he's written are just phenomenal and uh, on Atlantis and Lemuria and Mu and all Wonderful. of and and so I, I got all excited when I got a hold of him and I, I said, you know, I really, you know, what is your newest project? What what do you want to talk about? Figuring he'd want to go to any of those magical places. And he's currently written a book about dolphins. And I thought, dolphins? Interesting. <laughs> is that and, telepathic? Um, actually, the title of the book is, let me grab... Are dolphin ancestors keepers of lost knowledge and healing wisdom? Yes, they are. I wrote about the record keepers in my book, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Oh, dolphins and whales, Cetitians. Yep, absolutely. Wow. I want to read that book. <laughs> so once yeah. again, I may be stealing your guests again, Barbara. <laughs> it's perfectly all right. I just, he's written over 30 books. And usually I try to read everything that, that an author has written. In his case, that is not the case. But um Usually, you know, if they've if they've written four or five books, I try to get through all of them before before the show, so that I have um, sort of a frame of reference as to their thoughts and their philosophies, so I can give them the good leading questions, so they can um, look really, really good. So I look good. So, and I appreciate it, that, by the way. <laughs> Most hosts do not do that. I want you to know. So thank you for doing that. Are you serious? I am serious. I, I rarely do interviews with people who have actually read my books. And I was very, very honored that you did. So I think maybe a few people have done that, but not very many. I have no, no clue. Didn't yeah. just read Stole. Um. <laughs> okay. no, no, no. I give you credit, though. I do. I give I you credit. I do, and I thank you for that. You're a sweetheart. I love you. You're, you're um, but but I think the 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 thing that that to me is is most amazing with with the way things are going today with all these magical people that are out there is that that everybody is so kind and so generous and so willing to share and getting people to just listen to them talk and listen to the excitement in their voices um, it is just it's it's such an honor to do this work. It's, um, this is not work. This is, you know, I'm forced to read my most favorite sport. So, so it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, I get to, I get to do what I love the best, which is to learn and to grow and to stretch. And mm -hmm. that's, that's so, so doing uh, a teaching show once a month or twice a month or whatever I feel like I'm comfortable with is, is I think on the horizon for, um, starting in either late August or early September. Wonderful. Oh, that's exciting. And I know I'm behind in your group for the meditations too, and I love doing that, and I just got so busy. So I'm glad that there's an archive I can access to do. Yeah, the, you know, that, and that's something else too. It took such a, an unusual turn. Um, I'm taking two weeks off because um, it feels to me as though the meditations, though, though going to sacred sites, uh, just seem to have veered away from from what um, we started out doing. I mean, it is remote viewing, but it feels as though it's remote viewing into other dimensions. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. Definitely. And um, it's, I, I think that, uh, well, Bill got sick. And so I just had to pick sites. And so I started picking sites around the world and, I want to do um, one on China. I want to do one on some of the pyramids in the United States. I want to go into South America and some of those sites. 
um, I, I want to go into Stonehenge. And hmm. but but you know the I think the meditations themselves are delightful. I really enjoy doing them. Um, what what is is kind of getting to me is I'm not getting any response from anyone. And, well, I know I was busy. I don't know about everybody else, but I I got so I got so busy the past few weeks. So I apologize if I haven't gotten back to you, but yeah, I don't know about everybody else, but well, I'm thinking seriously about um, polishing the meditations and making them public mm-hmm. and asking people to send in their their reactions or whatever and yeah. and throwing it open to the general public because I mean we've done nine meditations now we kind of have a rhythm there mm-hmm. and there is a core group of about 50 people and if I make it public then then the general public can listen to them and then I'll, I'll put them up then on my website so that people can, you know, listen to the meditations and kind of I'll, I'll make, I'll give them the, the material that we have so that anybody can, can take part in it. It just feels to me as though making it, making it private is restrict is keeping it away from people and it's not secret stuff. It, right. it, but I, I think a lot of people, by calling it a meditation, I think I may have I may have um, labeled it incorrectly. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think know. it's a meditation. It seems to me like, well, for me, it's like remote viewing or or multidimensional interdimensional traveling. So it's way beyond meditation. Although meditation is a, is kind of a precursor to getting to those levels, right? Yeah. So, so there you go. You're you're guiding people who might be new to a lot of this, this stuff. And then of course, I think that you're just opening doors for people quite honestly with these things. And, um, and I don't think these doors are dangerous in any form or or dimensional space. So yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool to open it up to everybody. So I I think, I think maybe after I get back from my, my vacation, which is going to be a working vacation, um, Mm -hmm. I will re-record them and make them public with all the, with all the information that they need for it. And just let people experience it. Um, and, and if they want to send in their impressions, their feelings, or their insights, that, that I would be very welcome to that. I think and, that's great. And then from then on out, they will be public and they will be advertised. And, you know, just let, let everybody have a chance at this. I mean, originally, um, I think there was a reason Bill didn't want to make it um, public, but I, I think that because we've we've moved off the Giza Plateau and are all over the world, um, that that he would be okay with it. I have to talk with him Great. first. But you know what I think? I think that we should do a, a DC. <laughs> a DC? Yeah, like um, yeah, the White House, and and I'm talking about the history beyond the history. I'm talking about oh, the way okay. it's structured, but. That might be interesting to see what people pick up on through that energy. You know, it, it, I, I totally agree with you. But what what seems to be happening with all of these meditations is we 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 jump into another dimension almost immediately. Yep. And it's 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 the power of the group that does it. I mean, you know, I just I just I reach for the group, and so I have 50, the energy of fifty people. Whether or not you're there or not, I still draw the energy, and we move on from that and and it just it 
takes on a life of its own, which is really spectacular. And every now and right. then I, I step back sort of part of me and said, well, where the heck are we going now? And, yeah, it's, uh, it's a collective, isn't it? Well, I'd like to go off planet myself. But <laughs> well, actually, that was part of, you know, I was thinking the moon and then Mars. Nice. And, Very good. And, and it, because it's remote viewing, you can mm-hmm. go anywhere. Oh, absolutely. You can go anywhere we want. And as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure you could probably go beyond all those. Well, that right out of the cosmic design. Well, I was thinking that too. It's just, you, <laughs> you, you know, it's it's kind of like, oh, okay, so how far can we go? What can we see? And what is what is actually fascinating is that um, in a couple of the last meditations, people were picking up on the tall, white, glowing aliens that that are not publicized that much. Very interesting. And yeah. And I don't think they knew that they they had been an identified um, alien group. Do you, which site was that that they were looking at? Um, it was I, I think the Bosnian Pyramid, and then wow. and then one before that. So, very good. That's very interesting. Well, I wouldn't discount that at the Bosnian Bosnian Pyramids at all. You heard that transmission, right? You heard that that transmission. Oh, yeah. That's and, something about that transmission that I'm telling you. That sounds like a distress signal. Well, it, that. Well, it could be. It absolutely could be. Um, I gave people two um, two videos they could watch to kind of get an idea as to what the Bosnian pyramids were about. Mm-hmm. And um, in one of them, I, Dr. Sam had said it didn't go. The signal didn't go all the way down through the pyramid. And then in one of the uh, videos, they said it, it not only went down, it went a mile beneath the pyramid and bounced back up. Uh, for those who, d- who don't know quite what we're talking about, the Bosnian pyramids um, are, are, are kind of the newest guy on the block as far as um, antiquities go. Uh, Dr. Sam feels they're at least 30,000, if not 35,000 years old or older. And um, they're larger than the Giza Plateau. And as far as he can tell, it appears that they are really built for healing. And the... The exciting thing about them is that that the, the the tunnels and they haven't actually reached any of the pyramids yet. They're just in in the labyrinth of tunnels that 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 um, kind of move up to the Great Pyramid itself, the Pyramid mm-hmm. of the Sun. Right. And from the from the top of the Pyramid of the Sun, they were able to detect um, a sound, a frequency, um, a beam of energy that was that was being directed out into the into the solar system mm-hmm. and they were able to record it yeah and they they um they they recorded it and then they played it back to the pyramid and it came back i forget how many dozens of times stronger you know mm-hmm. it just it, it echoed it back louder and i kind of there there, there is um a part of me that that it, it could be a distress signal. It I don't know what it is. It wasn't. It, it isn't pretty or melodious by any means. Although they did mm-hmm. have a piano play it, but there there were the the uh, glyphs that they found in in the pyramid on one of the um, stones that was there that talked about um, they had sealed up the up the tunnels and they had sealed it all up and they now had to to go and and um, be warriors and and um, 
and conquerors until the Stargate opened again. That's interesting. The terminology is very, very interesting. You know? And and it just it to me it was almost like, oh my goodness, <laughs> that that whole thing is is obviously for healing, but mm -hmm. it, it's also um, it's a Stargate. And what what I keep feeling is that that there are Stargates all over the planet that are coming into um, recognition that are that are that are stirring. I guess. Like activation? Maybe they're synchronizing yeah. and activating, perhaps. I yeah, I would I kind of get that feeling. There are a number of them down in um, down in South America in Belize that they did. Um, they were studying and, and photographing them, and they were photographing them all at, at certain times. And they found that the younger pyramids didn't have a lot of energy you know, connected to them, but the older, the more ancient ones had powerful energy that, that was sending out all sorts of, um, orbs and things like that. And they, they were absolutely amazed that, that, you know, over a period of time, they checked it out and the older pyramids were actually sending out an energy while the younger ones weren't. Well, that's very interesting. And they, they were able to catch it on, on cameras, which uh, was, was just fascinating. I know Patrick um, is the one that found that material. And, and he said to me, what do you think is going on? And I said, something's waking up. Um, yeah. yeah. But, but I, I, it was, um, I think one of, the, one of the pyramids was the, in Palenque, the, um, the one that has the, uh, the, the sarcophagus lid, the lid that looks like the guy who's in the spaceship taking off. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I do, I do believe, and, and my, my whole philosophy has changed dramatically over time that these ships do not travel through space. They go through dimensional shifts. They go through wormholes. They do, they do, um, they go through stargates. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I sent you a clip over there. I don't know if you want to keep that, but you can keep that for your files. But that was um, actually it's sending. But Jerry made me, Jerry B made me a copy for that pyramid voice. And I have a copy I was listening to with my headset. So I'm sending it over to you. But um, I think it's critical. And you know what else comes to mind is a headset, not a headset, but a, um, a helmet, a helmet associated with the Bosnian pyramids for Stargates. I'm not sure what, but that comes that, in really strong. Yeah, well, the, the, um, I have his book on the Bosnian pyramids and it's fascinating. Um, it's like listening to him talk, uh, mm -hmm. but it, it was, um, I, I was so taken with his genuine desire to, to, uh, to share it with, with anybody who wants to come and work in the tunnels. And they did pictures with, um, with pe checking people's auras before they went in. And then when they came out, they, they did studies with um, people who had, oh gosh, arthritis and all sorts of, of, um, you know, maladies. And, and after a great period of time in the tunnels that they, they were cured. Yep. Exactly. So that, and, but I think the thing that, that most people don't understand about healings like this or healings of any, any kind that if, if, if another person is able to put energy into you and help you to heal, 
unless you change your life, you will draw back whatever the problem was. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah, lifestyle change. Absolutely. I agree with that. No doubt. But it's very interesting, though. I've heard the spontaneous healing, and that's one of the reasons I think it would be fantastic to go. I'm also curious to see how it would affect people who have implants, whether they're technological implants or alien implants or etheric. I'm curious to see if they would be dissolved or not. And I did ask him that on the show. So, uh, you know, I'd let, that's one of the reasons I wanted to go in there, because I have a signal that can be measured and I've had in my documentary. So I, I thought it'd be kind of cool to say, well, what, do, what will happen with the signal in there? Will it be amplified or will it be negated? That's it. I guess it depends on what the signal is signaling. Yeah, exactly. I have a feeling it'd be blocked because, you know, it's my impression that some of this technology that I have is, is more, uh, you know, the government's stuff. So. Yeah, it, fe it feels like the Bosnian pyramid is, is, is really, I mean, that it, that it woke up at the, at the, at the exact moment when we had these, these um, cosmic um, things happening where everything was in alignment and the veil is thinner and it's easier to f talk to the other side. And that happens only once every 28 to 35,000 years. And, and so here we have these pyramids coming into our, our, our purview, our, our, our consciousness at a time when there's so much changing, there's so much opening up, there's so much, um, there's such a greater potential for the human spirit at this particular time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you sit back and you think, oh, my God, just just how much is possible? There is so much out there that that people don't understand that if they just got to know themselves better and if they just reached inside of themselves and flicked those switches, that magic would happen in their lives. And I, I know that this is a time in which so many people are fearing everything. And, mm -hmm. and I, I understand that. But at the same time, you know, Sometimes I said to somebody once something and, and I got criticized for this. So, so I will repeat it. <laughs> the greatest tragedies are miracles. You just don't understand. Oh, wow. That's profound. I like yeah, that. I, I do too. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I had a lot of stuff. People say, well, what about this? And what about that? And I, I said, you know, it's the potential of a miracle. If you if you view it that way, then the miracle happens. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the tragedy is is corrected. It means that the tragedy triggered you into doing something that was spectacular and spiritual. Mm -hmm. Very true. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, I like well, that. It, it is exciting. It really is. And, mm -hmm. and. You know, we have so many of these these things that are happening in our lives, a lot of us. And and I would say that that most people who are in the spiritual venue genuinely um, are probably in the in the last six months to a year have gone through some really tough stuff. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. Well, I think they're also, as you were touching on, they're being distracted and, and uh, diverted from their spiritual paths to some degree. It's all atmospheric conditions, but you're right. We're in, we're in a midst of right now where we can actually focus on some wonderful, phenomenal energies. And I like talking about the Bosnian pyramids because that is just, you know, to me, that's where it's at. That's, he is exactly where he needs to be doing what he's doing. And I, I applaud him for doing that, too, by the way. Um, man, Dr. Sam, because I can't imagine anybody else uh, with that kind of integrity. He's, he's just so good at what he does, and he's taken a lot of heat from, from that. Um, I know that for sure with all these other people and these other so-called professional, you know. <laughs> well, the Egyptians didn't want the tourist trade to, to, to leave oh, yeah. Egypt, which, and, uh, you know, and that's another thing. I, I think that there's so much going on on the Giza Plateau 
that um I mean, there there are. I don't know if you've seen the the maps, but there are at least three, if not four, levels of tunnels that are that are beneath the Giza plateau that have been used um, throughout antiquity for all sorts of things, and the black ops are now using some of them as well. But but you know, there's so much there that they aren't letting people know. They're just they're just kind of keeping everybody into the ting, king tut venue type stuff right and and not not saying but look at look at these these tunnels these these amazing chambers that are below there that are as big as 18 football fields that are just empty why are they empty what were what was in them that's just it are they empty barbara the the thing is are they empty and that's my point too i don't think they were i think that somehow a lot of the whatever was down there was taken by covert covert intelligence operations or some, in my opinion, anyway. I, I don't think they were empty at all. Well, when they first the, got in there, I don't think they were empty. Go ahead. Well, look at the Toth material. I mean, mm-hmm. he said that the, that his spaceship, the master spaceship, was mm-hmm. buried under the plateau or under the Sphinx, somewhere there. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I keep, I keep getting pulled back to the Emerald Tablet material because um, it's so profound. I haven't done what I wanted to do with it because I keep getting different takes on, on just what the material is. I mean, in, in your, in, in your opinion, what do you think that the Emerald tablet material was for? It's initiation for me. I, I think it's initiation into the, um, I don't want to call it the underworld, but to some degree it is into the uh, mystery schools. That was how it affected me when I read it. I can't say uh-huh. it for everybody else, but when I started to read that, I went into an alternate state of reality. And I mean, not in a sense of just consciousness and my vibration sped up, uh, my state of consciousness sped up, and I started anchoring more light waves. I knew that. So I knew that something was happening to me on a, on a consciousness cellular level that was activating me in almost like an initiation. So I found it to be very powerful, and I had a strong resonance with it. But that's how I, you know, that's how my body responded to it. Oh, yeah. No, it, it affects me tremendously as well. And I think... Mm-hmm. Some people that, that, that read it said, oh, he's, he said the underworld and that's negative and that's hell. And I said, no, 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 no. That's just another dimension. That was his way of describing another dimension. Right. Um, it, it wasn't meant to be, you know, not in, uh, you know, and, and then you step back and you say, wait a minute. Toth isn't talking about a Christian concept of heaven and hell. Toth is talking about interdimensional stuff, and it it is it is in many ways the journey of the hum, of of our spirits, not the human, but our spirits, because we've been not human so many as many times as we've been human. Right, it's the star body. I think they were referencing, and, and the thing is, you mm-hmm. know, when people talk about the, uh, the the human word, always bothers me because I realize it's a man made word designed to divert the mass collective and saying, well, you're only human. This is all you are. This is all you can be. When in fact, that's not what we are. We're star people in suits. And I call it a star body because that's really what it is, but it's multidimensional, multifaceted. And as we've touched on, you know, when you look at the, the not only celestial or cellular design, but the chakra systems, how they're multi-layered and multiversal. And they're like little stargates when they, they interconnect. That's big. Mm-hmm. So once again, this is where he, I think that Thoth was teaching a lot of this and activating people on that level so that they're able to go through those doorways, which is really about internal access and and switching on that technological body of ours. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean our DNA is not all switched switched on at all. And if 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 it was totally activated, I mean, we wouldn't 
well, we wouldn't be here. We could go anywhere. No. <laughs> I was just going to say, we wouldn't have the avatars that we have now. And, and you know, you, you think your body is a very personal thing to you in, in this particular, at this particular point, incarnation, whatever. But it's just an avatar. It's just something the spirit is writing in. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, in, in another time, in another place, in another dimension, um, you, 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 you could be... I mean, a, a different entity of, of, you could be a green blob and, mm-hmm. and, uh, well, well, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, every now and then I do past lives on the show and I can remember reading somebody and, and doing a past life for him. And I said, and I, and I stopped dead in my tracks and I said, huh. And he said, go on. And I said, well, this is very unusual. And he said, yeah, go on. It's okay. I'm fine with it. And I said, well, you're a green blob. And he said, yeah, I'm familiar with that time. (laughs) That's funny. I thought, oh, my goodness. (laughs) It it just, you know, I, I, I knew that that was the case. It's just that. I wasn't sure everybody else did. So, you know, right. it's kind of Well, fun. we changed into whatever formula we want to be, I suppose. But I'm always con- connected to those soul extensions and soul dissensions. And that's the part of it that I think that, you know, when you look and see what's going on in this world and how linear the corporations are, we, we've really just, we've outgrown the vibration of what they're doing here to such a level that it has to shift. It has no choice but to change. And and I think that actually synchronizing all of the computers that are connected, when I say computers, I'm talking about the, um how would I say, the avatar computers connected to the, to the grid insofar as the the pyramids go, if those sync up and start activating appropriately, I think that we would be on another planet. I think that we would completely uh, kind of dematerialize what's here and, mm-hmm. and reboot everything with a full light harmonic. That's my that, take anyway. Well, I, I would totally agree. I, 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 I feel strongly that, especially with those meditations, the, the and, and the one that, um, was it the Bosnian pyramid? Um, Gosh, I don't remember which one it was, but I think it was the Bosnian pyramid where where I, I yes, it, have you have you done the meditation with the Bosnian pyramid? Not yet, and I have to, and that's just why I said I would be behind, and I'm so sorry, but I got so busy, but I'm going to do that one, and I'll send you my information. What fascinated me was that that as we got to the very top inside, um, we met a gatekeeper who said you have to leave your your um your astral body here, you can only go to the next level through spirit. Wow. That's and very powerful. We went through that and then, and, and then the meditation took us into pure spirit and what was on the other side of that. And then brought you back. Well, that's beautiful. How beautiful is that? Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that one. Well, you know, when you were talking about that signal that went, you said a mile beneath the pyramid. And it, it bounces off a metal plate of some sort. That's it, for fact, right? That's scientifically done. It, it's oh, yes. very interesting. Yes. There a is metal a, plate. I, mm. I don't know if it's a metal plate or, or iron rock or there's a shelf of some sort. It bounces off. I don't know if it's um, natural or artificial, but there is about a mile down, there is a, a iron or metal shelf which the signal bounces off and then, and then, you know, back up and out into the universe. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Boy, I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, no, it's, it, to me, 
the Bosnia and and I don't understand why 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 they were saying that it was um, you know artificial. To me, it's it's so obviously man-made, and mm-hmm. they just um, I, I I guess scientists just don't like things sprung upon them, even though they've been around for thirty. 5,000 years, that's not exactly springing something on somebody. Right. Yeah. Were, were you aware that the, there are um, pyramids here in the United States still? I've heard that there are. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I haven't done a whole lot of research on that. Um, they're in Illinois, I think. And okay. um, and when when we get to them, I'll send out information on them. I don't... Oh, yeah. They're, they're, um, they're leftovers, I think, from the mound builders. And... Um, you know, I the more I go into all of these structures, the more I understand that that while they were built here, but I don't believe that they were built by residents at the time. I feel strongly that it was an interdimensional shift of maybe even the entire structure. Mm-hmm. So that so that when you come to um, Especially things like the um, the crop circles. Now, right. those a crop circle is created in in my in my philosophy. Uh, you know, a ship phases in, does the circle, st- stops time, um, phases in, does the circle, phases out. That's why you don't see anything large creating these circles. And what I found amazing when I started to see them was that many of the patterns that they have um, are replications of my cards. Oh my goodness. That's pretty powerful. And the, um, the, um, what is it? It's the flower of life Mandela. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I created that. I have a painting of it downstairs. I've painted Beautiful. it and um, I painted it just as a, a channeled pattern. It wasn't something that I was saying, you know, oh, cosmic, whoever, give me something. It was like, okay, where are we going next? And mm-hmm. it, it was um, it was fascinating because when the cards came out in 91, that's when crop circles started to really become popular and, and publicized and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, it, it, it was fascinating to me to go through the deck and find the crop circles that were almost exactly identical Do you? I'm almost wondering if it was a consciousness thing because you you had created those through your multidimensional design. I'm assuming higher self over soul and whatever you work with in source, but you actually created a collective of people because when you put those out there, you started bringing that forward, that energy. And isn't it interesting how the crop circles surface? So you have to ask yourself, was it a ship or is it in, is it a manifestation of consciousness of some intelligent energy where there is no ship involved? It's just about allowing and manifesting these things to be created overnight or whenever they decide to be created. It, it it well could be. I I know that um, when I, when I saw them, I thought, oh, that is just so weird that they are so similar. And what I found out later that at the exact same time frame when the, the I, but I had done Mandela's personal Mandela's for about ten years, so there were about five hundred of those around the world, and the deck of cards was the last thing that I created as far as the Mandela's went, and. Oh. And um, I found that in the Pacific Northwest, there's an ashram there, and they they created similar patterns, almost exact, 
um, and they were they called them holy portals. And mm. I went to an, an Indian um, healing with a friend of mine who had cancer and did not know that you were supposed to give the chief a gift. You know, I mm-hmm. knew to all of this stuff. So um, so I all I had was a deck of cards and I gave him a deck of cards and he started to look at them and he pulled me aside with with the, the man that was helping him. And he said, where did you get these patterns? And I said, I just drew them. They were given to me. And he said, these are power shields. They're not meant to be shared or replicated. And I said, but I didn't copy them from anything. I just, I just drew them. Wow. And he, he looked at me and he looked at the cards and he said, well, maybe it's time they were shared. My thought at the time was that these patterns were given to people to put out there in all different ways at that particular time so that they were out there for people to, to use as, as portals, as triggers, as whatever. And Mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, the Indians had them, that ashram had them, the deck of cards was out there and that's been all over the place. And, and most probably there are other places that, that, those patterns have been replicated as well. And maybe um, I, I know that some of the, the crop circles are actually um, um, integrated circuits when you look oh, at Oh, yeah. Them. Very much so. I agree. Yes. So that, so that you know, are they, are they giving us pieces of a machinery that we're supposed to put together and create? Are they? Wow. <laughs> when, very well said. Yeah, that's highly possible right there. Well, like I said, I think there's a restructuring going on, you know, where, where the corporate cabals are trying to restructure, so is so is the great cosmic design. And I think that that's happening in an overlay as far as that's what's really going on. But you, know, I love what you're doing right now, Barbara, because I think that those groups and everything you do is extremely significant. And for some reason or another, some something really big is going to come out of that. So uh, I don't know what, but it's it's I think it's already starting to. So well, I I'm just, glad you're doing it. Well, I, I, I talked to a number of people and I said, this isn't working for what we intended it to be. So I need to restructure it mm-hmm. and throw it open to everybody. And it will still only be about maybe a 20 minute meditation. And Perfect. at the beginning and the end, I'll say, if you get impressions, if you get feelings, please send them to me. You know, I, I, I like to hear what people are getting and, if I get material, fine. If I don't, fine. But um, it does make me research areas, too. I love the Arctic one. I had a great time in the Arctic. Oh, man. See, I'm behind. I need to go read these. And Yeah, cool. And we did, the Japanese, like we did the Japanese underwater one, too. Oh, you did? Oh. <laughs> Actually, see, I'm, I don't know how many. I must have missed, like, three or four, I swear. So, well, um, they're in archive. And... Hey. and you know, they, they are going to get polished up and put out there um, for everybody to, to, they'll be on my website to, you know, to listen to. So, um, yeah. you mean the yeah. Antarctic? Is that the one you did? Or did you say Arctic, Antarctica or what? Ant- we did Antarctica. Oh, nice. And that was, that was really unique. I and, and, um, yeah. Well, you know, we, if, you, if you talk to Robert Salas, I just interviewed him. He's, He's under the impression there are giants there that are being activated through a stasis. Now, I don't know if y'all picked up on anything on like anything like that, but that's what he's uh, he's been saying. So, 
No, I'd love his contact information. That would be. I'm really going to send you his contact information. <laughs> in yeah, you do. Okay. Um, but but you know it's yeah. I mean, there's so much wonderful magical stuff out there that that is is absolutely reality. Right. And and for people to be afraid of of understanding it boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. And so, I, by the way, I said, did I say Robert Sala? I meant Michael Sala. Okay. There he is. There's his contact. I just sent it to you. Tell him I, I sent you. Oh, I sure will. Thank you. Yeah, he's wonderful. You're going to love him. Written many books, has he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's definitely up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I have, I, I started a very small collection of books whose authors I knew, and now it's, now it's a bookcase full of them. And uh, it, it is, but you know, I, I don't, I just love to gather information and, you know, the itty bitty tidbits that come in here that are often, you know, really strange, like we have um, 46 chromosomes, right? We're a highly... We're a, high, we're a highly evolved physical person. The common potato has 48. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, well, basically means mashed potatoes has more going for it than we do. I don't go by mainstream documentation. Of course, you know that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, 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 they're so behind on so many different levels. But you have to ask yourself if they really uh, did that. Obviously, they did it by design. That they knew that they were sending and giving and providing wrong information and well, know, that could be misdirecting people because consciousness alone. I mean, when you activate your DNA, it goes way off the charts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, multi layered, multiversal. You know, I even call it a triple helix because it's way beyond the double helix. And so. you know, it's I, I think it's hard for most people to understand that they are a consciousness, they aren't a physical body, correct. Yeah, because they've been programmed and indoctrinated into this illusion. You know, it's a stasis. This is the stasis. We're in the stasis right here. You ask me. Yeah. Well, not us, but a lot of people. Well, well, we'll be back. Nightlight. And if you like what you're hearing, click over to the support page and make a donation to help us keep this amazing station up and running. Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com is totally listener supported. From the owner to the host to the producers, who we can't live without, to the staffs, all are working here because we love the work and are dedicated to putting out quality material for all of you. Be it large or small, any donation is greatly appreciated and helps us all keep supplying information and material to educate and hopefully enlighten you that isn't found anywhere else. 
Solaris. I went and I picked up um, Dr. Sam's book. And uh, for anybody who's interested, the name of the book is Pyramids Around the World and Lost Pyramids of Bosnia. Almost anything they teach us about ancient history is wrong. Origins of man, civilizations, and pyramids. And it's by Dr. Sam Oskmanigich. And the reason we call him Dr. Sam is because his last name is very hard to pronounce. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to, I mentioned the... um, the runes, or they looked like runes that were on one of the stones, mm-hmm. and and somebody um, interpreted interpreted the um, the glyphs that were on of of um, that were on one of the um, the stones in in one of the tunnels, and it it translate translates to this: the gateway is closed. We are at a standstill. We will have to act as warriors to defend and conquer until we can move again through the Stargate. That's pretty powerful. Isn't that, though? Amazing. Yeah, it tells you an awful lot. Now, I'm trying to remember what year this was supposed to be or how far back this was, how many thousands of years? Do you know offhand? 35,000. 35,000 years. Well, and he he did find that um, there were at least three... Um, civilizations, three, um, yeah, civilizations that utilized these tunnels and the pyramid so that, so that there were three different groupings of humans or, or the, no, let's, let's not even call them humans. There were three different group groupings of beings that utilized these tunnels and the pyramid and um, so, so, you know, there were the builders and then there were two more civilizations before they became covered and, and forgotten in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's pretty interesting right there. So we will be the fourth mm-hmm. that hopefully learns to use, to use the pyramid, um, as, as a healing, um, area. I, I just, it's it's the first time that that anybody has found a structure like this and has decide and and has declared that it was used for healing and initiation mm-hmm. and you know you, usually it, it's you know they talk the, the Egyptians and and I don't mean to really downplay um, the Egyptologists and the Egyptians because when when those pyramids were discovered. Um, they kind of tried to be more sensible about them. Although, when um, Napoleon um, d- discovered them, of course, they weren't lost. They've always been there. But when Napoleon came upon the, the Great Pyramid, it was sheathed in um, a white stone. And it, 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 was, it was beautiful. And the white stone was covered with... Um, with figures it wasn't hieroglyphics it was another language and mm-hmm. and an earthquake shook most of those stones off and then the egyptians used the stones in the building of in in building um the the the, the buildings in cairo so so um i know there was somebody with napoleon who um transcribed all of them he had notebooks full of them he spent mm-hmm. years transcribing them, and I don't think anybody knows what happened to his notebooks because they would be fascinating to have now. 
Oh, yeah, they're probably in the catacombs that the Vatican has them. That That's probably a pretty good guess. I, I know that, that um, they tried to be scientific about about a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. just just <laughs> did their best <laughs> want to give them credit for trying but but you know now we have stuff like the ground penetrating radar that that uh, bill is using and we have so many other ways of of looking into the chambers that are beneath the sphinx the sphinx and there are chambers there's a doorway there bill ha- bill said he had been in those chambers Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, it, I I think that he's been a part of a lot of things that he can't talk about. Yeah, so. I do too. It's too bad too, because I would be fascinated to hear about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we kind of know already. I don't know about you, but I already kind of know. Even when he says things, I already know them. So I think we were there anyway. Oh, I I truly feel that I've been in, in those labyrinths that mm-hmm. are under... Um, the Giza Plateau there, and and I I just I know that that some of those chambers are just so big that you could easily probably have put a spacecraft there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know what comes to mind too, and I don't know about this. Um, I don't know because I did do the meditation with you all with the Bosnian, but I keep thinking there's there's like a bunch of beings there. Um, like I know you said you had something connect in with you all, but it feels to me like it's occupied. In other words. It's almost as if when they took a scan of the the pyramid itself, there should have been something there showing life forms. Well, actually, there were, and there were there were hidden hidden um, with with the Great Pyramid. There were there were hidden chambers there that that Bill was able to um, to say, yeah, they're there, and and which which I thought was so cool because um, mm-hmm. because when you lead a meditation like this, you don't really know where it's going to go. Right. And and every now and then, you know, something comes out of your mouth and it's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, nice. So it, it, it is a lot of fun to it, it's it's fun for me to lead the meditations, but I'm, I'm usually so focused on keeping a group together. That I don't actually do the meditation exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I channel it. I, 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 I let it flow. I, I have an idea as to where where I think that it should go before we start. But quite often we go way off track. Yeah, but that's OK. You set them on course and then they just kind of it's like going to a museum. You know, you just you go in <laughs> and you're kind of the guide and everybody kind of takes off and goes in another direction and looks at artifacts, you know. Well, I think in a lot of them. Did you do the one where we where we found an underground city and and a chamber where there were symbols on the walls and the symbols were portals and different Yes, I remember that one. Yes. They're they're fun and they're not scary. That's mm-hmm. that's No, not at all. They're very powerful. They're very Yeah, they're just very enlightening if you ask me. Well, you know, my thought on on science fiction has always been that the the people who write science fiction are are guided, whether knowingly or not, to present material that will prepare the general public for um for what is yet to come. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Gene Roddenberry and you look at Star Trek, um, you I mean, come on, the flip phone, the doors that open before we get to them, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, we saw them on Star Trek 
and and we thought, wow, that's so cool. And now, now we walk into the malls and don't even think about it when a door opens in front of us. Exactly. Very very true. So so and and I'm thinking, frankly, that that the television, um, even even public television, has gotten so. <laughs> It, it 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 just doesn't have any teeth to it anymore so that if we're going to experience things that that are going to prepare us for what's yet to come we have to do things like um like distant viewing like like meditating right. like opening ourselves up to um unusual circumstances that that easily could be something that we will be dealing with in in the near future Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, you're developing your minds. Yeah, you're developing the mind and you're you're fine-tuning your psychic skills or everybody who's tuned into that. Yeah, that's what we need to be doing instead of, veg, you know, veg, what do they call it? vegetating on regular television and all that garbage. Much, much, much better for people to start using their brains. Yeah, and it's not scary. I mean, when you hmm. think... When you think of, of extraterrestrials out there, and, and I know that they're, that not every, they're not all pure and and you know charming I, I i there's good and bad in everything but but it I, I would say for the most part um there is if if any culture out there had wanted to destroy the earth or enslave humans um would have been done thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of years ago i mean there's I a agree. reason there's a reason we're still struggling um mm-hmm. I do feel we are a bit barbaric to be uh, assimilated into a cosmic brotherhood, but I do believe on some levels, a lot of people are able to get to let go of their humanness and become their spiritual selves and to travel into those dimensions. I do believe that a lot of people are actually doing that on the planet as we speak. Oh, they are. I agree. Yeah. So and it's a species a, war. You know, I, I see it as a species war. I see that there are many different types of beings here, and some get along, some don't. But mm-hmm. they're in bodies, but still the essence of origin, they're what I call the, the soul spirit essence of origin, could be from a different planet, multiverse, where mm-hmm. perhaps there was conflict or perhaps they don't get along. I don't discount any of that. No, it just, um, if you look at the Billy Meyer material on, on Atlantis, mm-hmm. um, are you familiar with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, his his apparently Billy thinks that there were at least three different incursions of um, of beings from other dimensions that that came to this planet uh, at 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 least three different time frames, and they all basically settled in the same place, and they were they were here to colonize, and they ended up um, you know going to war with each other and destroying each other. And but but one of them came only to conquer, and mm-hmm. and in order to do the conquering, he he took his soldiers off world, and had them um, engineered so they did not have compassion, mm-hmm. and and you know when when they came back to do war, they they were they were um, they were very successful, and mm-hmm. um, actually uh, the. The um, they were destroyed, but um, but they had already intermarried with with the species that was here on this planet, and Billy suggested that 
because we we all because of all the intermarriage and everything over the generations that we all have a bit of that that alien in our DNA that mm-hmm. has no compassion so that we are more warlike than many other races. Mm-hmm. That's a very good, uh, highly probable. I wouldn't discount that at all. I think it depends on what kind of work we do on the timeline and the spiritual work we do. But I also think it's frequency and states of consciousness that activates DNA. And once again, when you're dealing with multidimensional design and soul extensions, which means we exist simultaneously in multiverses, which means we could be other species, well, you're Mm -hmm. bringing in an aspect of an alien that you are in a multidimensional space, which has certain gifts. Um, So I don't discount any of those abilities when they download in. And if that means that some are more desensitized and machine-like, then that's highly probable too. Um, I, I don't discount that at all. It, it does make us a lot more fascinating, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Well, you know, I can't go into, I'll tell you off air, but I, I had somebody do a, a read on me not too long ago, and we did an exchange, and I thought it was interesting. It had a lot to do with the technology I was interfaced with. So, um, and I look back at it now, and I'm thinking, well, okay, you know, so I'll tell you about it later. But I won't okay. Down there, but it's, no. it's interesting, you know, that, that there's something that correlates. You know, you said that nothing is by chance, nothing, nothing is just by accident. Um, sometimes we attract these things to us and, and perhaps not even from this lifetime, but perhaps another one. Mm-hmm. So that, that is very true, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just, I, I think that sometimes people get so caught up in the here and the now they, they don't give themselves a chance to, to stretch beyond the physicality and understand that there is just so much else going on. The bigger picture is just so big. But the cool thing is that every single one of us add a, add a pixel to the total picture. So, so nothing would work without everyone. Mm-hmm. So, so, that, so that, you know, sometimes, sometimes we judge. And, and that's not a cool thing to do. I mean, I, I do it too. I'm, I'm guilty as well. I assess things. I try not to judge. I, I, I look at it as an assessment. Without okay. like a neutral positive, that's the way I look at it. I try not to finger point, but I do assess things accordingly. I think that's just part of my makeup, you know, to do that to profile. Um, no, I think I think that's probably that's the best way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't totally gotten there yet, um, you know. And and when I'm judging, I do raise a hand and say, "Yep, that's me. I'm judging." <laughs> it's all right. You know um, what? It's it's whatever it is. It is what it is. This is a strange world. And to me, it seems like a floating asylum at times. So <laughs> not everything is exactly normal here, Barbara. So, <laughs> well, I, I sometimes, and I've said it before, I think that this planet has been to a degree quarantined until we can learn to deal and love each other. And, and, you know, when you look at things like politics and all the, all of the, the secret, this and the secret that that's going on, it's, it's, it's kind of discouraging to a degree. And yet, you know, that inside of every single one of the people out there is that single spark of love of the creator. And, Mm -hmm. and we are a family and, you know, you don't have to like everyone, but, but that element of love is there and, and sooner or later it will win out. Um, I'd like to see it sooner rather than later. But mm-hmm. you just you can't tell which way it's going, and and every now and then when I when I when I actually watch TV, I just shake my head and say, "Well, it's not today." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's turbulent. That's the word I started with. It's a turbulent world, and I think anything can go. And to me, it seems like everything's in flux. But 
But as I, I've touched on before, is that the vibration is a big deal. And if people are polarizing in a field of, of um, vibratory rate where there, there's all this coarse, violent energies that are that are really disconnected from spirit, then that's going to create more of a rifting program. And and to me, it seems like a breakaway society would happen at that point, because even though people could be love-based and connected to some degree, well, it's a choice people are making on the continuum. Do they want to be that? And it seems to me like they're breaking away into these coarse avenues. And then, of course, there's the other beings that are here to, to raise the vibratory light. I see a breakaway society again with the star people, which is really us, beings like us on the timeline. I think we're just going to keep ascending. And the other ones are almost going to vain. There's, I want to say they're going to vanish, but it's like there's a wall, a glass wall between us and that they're just going to do their own thing and we're going to be doing our own thing. And eventually that's just going to split. And I, I don't know if that's already happened on a multidimensional space and I'm seeing it already. And maybe that's why, but that's what it looks like to me. Well, I think, yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with you because when you look at, um, you know, I, I often said that star people um, were, were put down here, usually not in a group, but, but individuals in places of darkness so that people could see the light, understand it, and eventually grow to, sh- to change and to let their own light shine forth. And today with the Internet especially, the, the star people have a greater ability to connect and communicate than ever before. Mm-hmm. While we may have been isolated initially, now we have the ability to tap into one another for now using the internet, but I strongly believe that, that um, intuitively that, that we're going to become more and more telepathic and be able to do it without the internet. And, mm-hmm. and it does feel as though that kind of a network is, is beginning to connect around the globe. Now, um, it, it's, it's, it's a thin film. It's very much, it's very much like um, our chakras are, are connected by just a thin layer of single cells. And that's, that's what it feels like is, is happening with people who are, and, and you don't have to be, and I think one of the things that, that so many people don't understand is you don't have to have a, a tremendous education. You don't have to have a bunch of college degrees and things like that. You, you need to be open to learn, and that's the only requirement mm-hmm. to, oh, to, to get in this kind of a flow. Um, you know, I, I, I struggled with a lot of stuff for a lot of years and then, then got into this field, but but you don't have to do it that way. And I just happen to love to read and I love to learn and I love to talk to people who, who, you know, can bounce things off me and I can bounce things off them. But, but learning is the most important thing ever. And, mm-hmm. and if, if you, if you continue to learn, you'll continue to grow. And, it doesn't always have to be heavy-duty philosophy. It can be, it can be the universal laws. It can be, um, you know, just some of the fundamental stuff that helps you have a grounding so that you have somewhere to grow from. But when it mm-hmm. comes to the turbulence that is in this world, sometimes you have to allow things to crumble in order to get a better foundation to build something better. Mm-hmm. I agree, and that's I totally what. Agree. That's what I see happening. I see um, foundations and, and and foundations in in all a, all aspects of the word, whether it is a corporate foundation or if it's a building. I do believe that there are times when 
we have to allow things to disintegrate in order to get a better foundation to build something firmer and more important. And, and earlier we talked about leaving a legacy and, and a, a long time ago I, I got very concerned and, and I took a look at, at the world and, and I, I, you know, you could see the pyramids, that the pyramids have stood the test of time. They are tens of thousands, 15,000, 30,000 years old. And so, so civilizations have come and gone, and yet they stand as a reminder of something. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and a lot of that has, you know, there have been four mass destructions of this planet, um, you know, in, in the history of this planet that they've been able to document, theoretically. And, and so my thought was, okay, so the part of civilization that I'm a part of right here and now, in 10,000 years, my house won't be here. Um, my books may not be here. And, and it was like, I, I, if, if there was a mass, mass extinction, you know, what would be left? And the only thing that I could think of, aside from the pyramids and stuff like that, was Mount Rushmore. Wow. I don't even think that would be here, do you? Well, I don't know, but, you know, it is stone. It could probably outlast a flood or a mm-hmm. fire. And, and then, then, it, then it came to me that our legacy isn't in the physical. Our legacy is um, in the radio shows that we do because they are sent out not only over the Internet, but they're released into space so yeah. that our, our voices will be out there forever. And, and the that's things, scary. <laughs> no, really. And the things that we have talked about, the, the philosophies that we've shared, the, I mean, the crazy, I mean, some of the music out there today, you know, could get lost in time. But, but, but th- there is the elegance of the spoken word and the intent of the message within it. And, and it, it, to me, it, it, doing these radio shows is, is leaving my mark in time. Mm-hmm. Very and, much and, and, you know, I think, and, and what you do is profound, too. I mean, your shows are just amazing. Well, thank you. I, I just put the information out there and let it roll. But I have to say, you were talking about the pyramids and how they've, they've withstood everything. It always, it always comes to mind that maybe there are some fractal data there where it stores us as consciousness also. That obviously we, we ascend out of here into another dimensional space and other states of consciousness. But for some reason or another, I keep thinking that those pyramids, because they're linked to the full Akashic and the Hall of Records, the hall of consciousness, the hall of our own experiences here as star people incarnate could possibly, um, I'm sure, sure it's archived there as well. I don't discount that at all, besides what you're mentioning. Well, no, I would absolutely agree with you. And, and you know, when you look at the pyramids and the fact that they were never tombs, so it's taken us hundreds of years to realize that they were used for something other than burial. Right. And, 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 you know, they still haven't determined what they were used for and they're still, they're still clinging to antiquity and not allowing them to, I, I mean, let's face it, whoever, whatever built them um, was, was so exceedingly intelligent that, that it, it surpasses what we can do today. So, so if they could construct something like that, there had to be a philosophy, a wisdom, a science um, that, 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 that was a part of that society, and we know nothing of it. 
all we do is is you know look at the hieroglyphs that are in them and read the bragging of well not in, not in the pyramids but in the tombs anyhow um about the accomplishments of the the the, the pharaohs and and everything but but the pyramids themselves at least the ones on the giza plateau were for something else and mm-hmm. i don't believe we have i mean i i would say initiation absolutely to a degree mm-hmm. but has to be something more too and there has to be information there somehow somewhere right well i still go back to the ancient mystery schools as well with the initiations and the transfiguration of the atom which means it's a, a stargate of sorts which, which mm-hmm. means we can actually i would say beyond phasing we teleport beyond through the pyramids themselves and also the power station i know a lot of people tell and communicate how their power stations or they were power stations. I don't discount that at all. Also, but you have to be a power station, or it would have to be something like that in order to to have the initiations where we're doing the transfiguration of the atom. Because I'm looking at something that's very, very um, photon electric oriented, almost like a Tesla, you know, like a Warden mm-hmm. power type. But also, um, you know, I think it was in the Bosnian, Bosnian pyramids too. He was talking about how the antennas, which the capstones are all missing. And those mm-hmm. are almost like the little fine-tuned antennas, which really tell me that somebody was deliberately trying to um, dismantle these things. Oh, yeah. I, I think they were, you know how you can take a uh, um, oh, a piece of your engine out and the car just won't run? Right, yeah. And I think that's exactly what they did. I think they, they, they took those, those capstones off for a very good reason. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. Yep, and and it's sort of like you know, uh, they aren't they aren't wise enough, old enough, or 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 spiritual enough to be able to utilize these wisely, but mm-hmm. but I think that they are they in many ways are are places to learn to become your own star chamber and your own portal. Exactly, and, cellular memory because it's in there whether they like it or not. Even when they censor history in the world and the illusion of, we have cellular memory, cellular recall and consciousness, and we can access it when we need to and when we're at that ready formula where our, vibra- our vibration is at the right speed and, and frequency. Yeah, and, and, you know, Tesla, I mean, he was such an amazing man. I just can't mm-hmm. believe that the government did what it did to him. Um, he, wanted to, he wanted to give free energy to everybody, and he had anti-gravity stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, you know, our technology is so much is so is so greater than we know, and and yet until we get science and and spiritual stuff kind of working hand in hand, you know, we're 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 constantly butting heads against one another, which is such a shame. Yeah, this world's in collision, and they did that by design, unfortunately, because we have all the technologies you were just touching on. It's just a matter of the black science department rising. And everybody just calibrating to the right information. And then we can work it out from there. All we need are whistleblowers that can really, you know, smash through the, the wall of, of um, you know, the, of, of, of delusion that has mm-hmm. been created by, by people who have a financial desire to keep us ignorant. And, I agree. And, and what's so cool is that, that with the spiritual stuff, I mean, you can absolutely soar to the stars. You can actually reach for the stars and beyond. And and it's just a matter of bringing that information and that wisdom back, applying it to this reality, and becoming a living example of the spirit within. Mm-hmm. That's well said. Yeah, and that's the whole idea is just um, 
you know, just, just ascending, just ascend out of the well that they've created to some degree. But the well is just a construct, just like anything else, and it changes through frequency. Uh-huh. No doubt. But, you know, the source would never dump us on a place in the illusion of space and time without having the components to go home. That's the bottom line. And I think people have to realize that, that when you're looking for the answers, as we all have them in, inside, within. And that's the biggest thing is just to go within and find it, access the data. But, you know, it's so sad to see that we could have had this, this whole world could have been such a better place had they just allowed for things to flow accordingly without the censorship and the and everything being hidden and edited, you know. It's really unfortunate. But they've been doing that since time began, just about. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's always been a struggle for power and that yeah. power meant that they, they wanted to control. And they didn't want to, in, I don't think in any of these areas where, where power, powerful people came to control others, they never in in I can't think of one, maybe you can, where where they used the power to control the people for the good of the people. Never. It's always a weaponization of everything. All they care yeah. about is weaponizing. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's it's war. It seems like to me it's a it's a spiritual war. It's a mental, physical, spiritual war, technological war. It's crazy. And I think a lot of that has to do with some of the people in the illusion of power are insane. You know, they're not firing right. So and that could be a madness that, you know, I hear that when certain people go to levels of consciousness or they access things too quickly or perhaps they have access to ancient artifacts and things that, that activate their DNA, that they'll go mad if they're not capable of ascending through spirituality, through the full light harmonic. And I believe that happens. I believe these people have a lot of money, and a lot of power to buy a lot of good, cool toys, but they're not there in consciousness and they're going insane. And that's what I see anyway. And those of us who've been there in the multiverse, we're the ones who are stable right now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you you look at, you know, the those that that are at that place. I, I do believe that they delude themselves by thinking they are trying to help the people, but they don't because they keep them in darkness. Yeah. And 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 you know, you we we have free will, but but some some authorities have tried to convince us we don't have free will. And mm. You know, when you when you can claim that free will and utilize it, and and I'm not saying rise up and have a revolution. I'm saying merely start to go your own way instead of following, you know, the crowd. Right. Um, it's it's uh, sooner or later they will. So many people will sort of um, jump ship that they'll realize that they don't have a crowd behind them anymore, and that's that's when things start to really change. I agree. Yeah. But, you know, claiming your power is a big deal. And, of course, free will is a big deal. And honoring free will. And people who don't honor free will, well, that's a problem on a universal scale. And I've touched on that. The universal laws are that you do honor free will, that that's a protocol, that you're supposed to honor free will. Mm-hmm. That I don't see it happening here. And that's where the violations come in and then anything goes. So I agree with you, though. I think eventually they're going to realize that there's nobody following them or listening to them. It's just like mainstream media. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody listens to them anymore. No. You just brought up something really important. Um, I have a number of times talked about the universal laws, and I found that not many people know that there are universal laws and what they are. And that that's a great stepping stone to when you understand the universal laws. And, and there are there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But 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 there's and everybody knows about the law of attraction but they don't know that you actually have to be responsible for your actions and stuff like that. And it, it, to me, understanding the universal laws, I mean, there's so many out there to, to understand that they are always, 
always in play within your life. You can't turn them on and turn them off. They're there. And, and if it's like, it's like the Indians in their seven generations, you know, if somebody wanted to make a change, they had to prove that, that, that if they make the change seven generations from that moment, they still would be, the tribe would still be benefiting from that change. Mm -hmm. And if they couldn't make that case, then the change wasn't made. Very interesting. Well, it's kind of like releasing vows and contracts associated with your ancestry. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal, too. If, if, they're, if you're carrying the cross for something that was going on prior to your existence here on the timeline, then it's good to do a clearing like that and a release of vows and contracts. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But people don't understand that. No, they don't realize the power that they have through their state of being by using their voice and their minds and, and actually standing up and being counted and articulating what they need to manifest on their on the timeline, they can actually change all timelines in the illusion because it's just energy and consciousness anyway. Well, and and we do we we create our reality by our perception of it, and that's that's mm -hmm. another thing. There's so many people that, you know, they they will be positive for a time, and then they slip back into the yeah, well, what if and what if and this could happen and that could happen, mm -hmm. and 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 if you if you're intent, if you believe in the positive, it does happen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's a resonance effect. Mm -hmm. It really is. There's no doubt about that. You have to believe. I mean, believing is a lot. Uh, that's why faith healing, or if you want to call it, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. People believe they can heal. Their body will relax and allow them to heal. Oh, yeah. But but once healed, the the person that has gotten the healing, it, it is they are obligated to shift and change their lives to let go of whatever had brought whatever it was into their life. Mm -hmm. to, to let to let it go and yep. and that's that's it's it's sort of I, I i served in the pulpit for five years and um after one church service at, at coffee hour um they had great donuts mm -hmm. um <laughs> a woman came up to me and handed me this jar of pills and she said will you will you bless these diet pills and and i just looked at her and i said you've got to be kidding me and she said no, will you bless them because I know they will work so much better for me if you do. And so I put my hands on them and I closed my eyes and I, 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 I blessed them. And I handed her back the jar and I said, now you do understand that they will only work for you if you follow the directions on the bottle. <laughs> and she looked at me and said, what? And I said, you have to follow the directions for them to work. That's great. And, and she said, but you bless them. And I said, only if you follow the directions. She said, but they say I can eat anything I want if I take these pills. And I said, you can eat anything you want anytime. But if you want to lose weight, you'll follow the directions on the bottle. And mm -hmm. she said, no, no, that's not how you take the pill and then you lose weight. And I said, hear what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's funny. If you follow the directions on the bottle... It will work. And mm -hmm. and and she she just kept looking at me and she said, no, no. And I said, okie doke. And um, I guess three months later, she came up to me and she said, you know, you have to follow the directions on the bottle for them to work. And I said, really? She said, yeah. And I said, well, I think that makes you a magical person that you – you found out that secret and applied it, obviously, because you've lost weight. And she said, I didn't at first. And she said, but then I remembered what you said, and I followed the direction. Oh, that's funny. That's great. 
<laughs> but it, that's the way life is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have directions. And, and if we follow them, and, and the directions are, are, are inside of us, they aren't in a book or on a tablet, they're inside of us. And, and, and the golden rule, um, primary foundation for every religion out there just about. And, and if you start with that, then, then you're golden. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep, self-discipline too. Oh, geez, yeah. Yeah, I, I I have yet to learn how to follow the directions on those bottles totally, but you know, <laughs> I at least know you're supposed to. There you go. That's that's yeah, that's a key right there. Absolutely. But I, I think and also <laughs> you know, looking and understanding at it's so, so much of the magic that's out there because it is profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's really the ethers, you know, it's just a manifestation. What people and, choose to create in their own reality. Yeah, and, and, you know, so many people today especially are looking for a class to be in or a group to be in. And, and, and you know, there are so many wonderful shows out there that have so much great material to share. I tell people, please don't pay a lot of money for any class you take because spirituality is supposed to be free or close to it. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when I did my spiritual development group and when I, you know, do the, these, these distant viewing things, um, excuse me, they're free. They're right. they're You know, it, it's, it's take it and apply it to yourself, but, but, you know, participate with a large group of people. But I mean, to, to, to pay for something like this just seems so wrong. Well, another thing is too, they should just get into the self insofar as meditation, you know, go within to find the answers and get your, your mind to, to just be still and you'll understand a lot more versus just Googling everything and trying to absorb all the data out there because that can be oversaturated without a doubt. But oh. you know, nobody can tell you a whole lot about your life. They haven't walked in your shoes. You know, the only thing, the only time I've had profound experiences through spirituality is through initiation. I mean, those mm-hmm. have been really powerful, but when it comes down to doing the spiritual work, I was on my own in my own little hermit world. Well, it's different for everybody. And, and that's, that's, that's what makes it so hard for so many people. You say you have to go within. You have to do what feels right to you. Um, you have to open yourself up. And, and I, I, the, what, what I find is the hardest thing for most people is to stop thinking and start listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to your higher self. Yeah, because when, when you're thinking, you're, you're in your intellect, and that, that's where your ego sits. And so it's, it's a matter of, Stop trying to think your way through this. Just allow yourself to flow and let your spirit direct you. When, mm-hmm. when we do the, the distant viewing stuff, I, I have sort of a plan in, in my head. But, but when we're actually doing it, I get pulled off track and, I, and we go in different directions. And um, every now and then I, I'm, I'm, you know talking and I'm thinking, you know, I really have to get these people back. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. It's like a Stargate. We'll get you there, but will you be able to return? Right. Yeah. And I think one of them, um, I forget it was the second one. I, I, in one of the meditations, for some reason, block talk stopped recording and I kept right on going, but 
nobody heard me finish the, the meditation. Oh, wow. It was really weird. And, and so I repeated it again the next, the next week because it was a good, it was a good trip. And I really wanted to make sure people were able to go with us on it. And um, I think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to do them and to throw them open to the general public. Oh, I think it's going to be incredible. Yeah, I bet you're going to get a lot of people accessing it also. It's uh, it's, yeah, it's it's interesting. The first couple of them, um, um, I found that the 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 uh, I I'm, I was able to sort of chart where the people were listening to the meditations from, mm-hmm. and eighty five percent were in Saudi Arabia. That's bizarre. That's very bizarre. That's a trip. <laughs> Were they friends of Bill's? I have no idea. <laughs> Either that or they're spies. That's interesting. Well, it it, it, it it really is. And then, of course, when we started to kind of go into different areas, um, again, it's it switches around each each time. But um, I I think that it, it's 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 going to be fun to sort of stretch them a little bit, make them a little bit longer, and. Mm-hmm. And just give them the give them the information, and and you know it's available. It'll be available on Blog Talk. It'll be it'll be on my website, uh, on the player there, so that people can actually tap in and do them. If they want to send me their impressions, that's fine. If they don't, that's fine as well. But but when we get into some of the other areas, um, just like in the United States, um, there were areas where the Air, the Iroquois Indians. Um, had had vast holdings and you know the huge huge empires and and they had pyramids mm-hmm. and of course they aren't there any longer but but they still are there in in some dimension so you know they w- it would be possible to go into those and and then of course when the giants were on this plane this earth plane they were the mound builders we could certainly go into some of the mounds and experience why the mounds were created and who were put in them and why. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, it's going to be a spiritual investigation of the mysteries of the past. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, I still like the idea of the moon. And also, I, I'm sure you're probably looking at S4, Area 51. Have you thought about that? Yeah. Yeah, because that sounds like fun. I did it a long time ago. I don't. Do you remember um, when AOL started? Oh a yeah, long, long time a long, ago. Long, long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a very long time ago. They had the um, Crystal Cave or the Crystal. There was a place where psychics gathered. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I worked there, and I did free readings there and stuff like that. And um, somebody called in and asked me to tune into Area 51. And what was amazing was, you know, I, I said at the time, and this goes back, this goes back to the, wow, 70s for sure, maybe even before that. And I can remember saying, okay, there is a survivor. He's in a mountain someplace in a laboratory, and he's sending out a signal. And he's broadcasting the signal and, and it's being received and material is being shared. And oh. all these years later, 
when you when you do hear about what was happening with Area 51 and what happened to the survivors of of the three crashes that happened in 47. Mm -hmm. um, it 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 is amazing that there there were there were survivors, mm -hmm. and one of them lived for a very long time. And and you know he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't uh, in a tube like like they have in in Fourth um, of July. You know, uh -huh. um, but but he there there have been survivors of some of these crashes, and. Right. Why don't they tell us about them? I mean, mm -hmm. why make us experimentation? Well, and you know, <clears throat> all they're doing is is selling fear. And for the most part, these these survivors and and there are there are people that have that are here that are colonizing, that are living among us, that look just like us. Mm -hmm. Well, well, chances are we're all hybrids anyway. Well, yeah, I I would suspect that too. Mm -hmm. I mean, Absolutely. we have to be. I think so that's the, where the curiosity comes in also. Oh, because, absolutely. You know, that's why we just, we seek because we, we know deep down what we are. You know. Well, yeah. And, and when, when National Geographic and then Ancestry.com started to do the DNA stuff, I was very leery because I had a feeling, and I still do, that they were looking <clears throat> for certain genetic structures. I agree. And... This, and, and I had a friend once who said to me, you know, somewhere there is a white table ready to have you dissected on when you croak. And I said, oh, gosh, that's funny. Well, I just, you know, because of the things that I could do and stuff like that. And, and right. that was that was like 30, 40 years ago. But I, I, I still have the feeling that they are looking for certain DNA groupings. Mm -hmm. and, and haploid, whatever it is. I mean, there is, um, there is a DNA structure that 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 is very significant um, as to uh, extraterrestrial stuff. And, and right. So, so they are looking for it. Um, well, I they can take it through EEG. I mean, they can take it through your brainwave templates. If if you anybody's had an EEG. Mm -hmm. um, then, then they can store the data. I mean, of course, they store the DNA, the blood, whatever. When you get blood work, there's always ways to to take all this information and store it. I yeah, but it's just it's not just DNA, too, though. It is consciousness, and mm -hmm. and yep. and you know, everybody has the capacity to to expand their consciousness to be able to do wonderful things, and and it's not just you know levitating or walking on water or stuff like that though that's cool um it's it's being able to communicate um i know that that i communicate with my animals all the time and mm -hmm. and you know anybody can do that animals talk to you in pictures they don't talk to you in words and um it, it it's something that there's so much out there that we have the ability to do that just takes work i agree it, and all you have to do is put the effort in and have the intent to be genuine and loving. And it goes, it goes so far and you learn so much and it's so exciting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it, yes, today I, I, I hear a lot of people say I'm struggling and just surviving. I'm not living. And, you know, I say, well, what's stopping you? I don't have enough money. Well, you don't need money to be happy. 
um, you, you don't need money to, to bring joy into your life. All you need is, is to get in touch with your inner self. And, and then you 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 join a cosmic dance of creation that is just profound. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. And also love, self-love, love for yourself and, and radiating and emanating that love. Love is significant. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, but, you know, there are lots of different kinds of love and, and unfortunately unconditional love is, is really, it's, it, it's difficult to, it, it's difficult to achieve. And, and mm-hmm. so, so many people use it as a, as a tool and as a weapon, you know, I, I, I won't love you if you don't do this for me or, or whatever. Unconditional right. love means I love you. I love what's inside of you. I may not always like you, but I do love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the spirit of energy too. It's, once people tune into the spirit within, it's uh-huh. always about unified love. It's always about that state of consciousness and unconditional love. But, but people have to look through, they have to peel away all the layers, you know, all these all these programs that run. Yeah. And that takes work. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but, but it's fun. I mean, you've been in this field for a long time. You've been through some very mm-hmm. tough stuff. Oh yeah. But, but I would, I would hazard a guess that, that at this point in time, you're, you're kind of rising above it and going beyond it. And, and the message that you put out there for people is so profound. I, I know you did this book. I'll say it again. Um, transmutation through ascension um, it's a fabulous book everybody should get it it's available all over the place and it helps you understand a process that is so important for our development and our growing and, and our insight and our understanding of the spirit that's within and and I don't push books well thank you so much Barbara and thank you thank for having me on tonight it's been a, oh. an honor my pleasure. Thank you so much. Good night. Now. Pleasure. Night, everybody. Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. This is Barbara DeLong, host of Nightlight Radio, inviting you to join me on a cosmic journey, exploring a metaphysical montage of spiritual material, covering everything from the mundane to the magical. UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between, including spiritual readings for those who seek enlightenment. Let Nightlight provide you with equal measure of light, love and laughter, insight, wisdom, and inspiration. Monday nights, 10 to 12 p.m. Eastern, right here on Studio B, Revolution Radio, at freedomslips.com. 